Amen. Thank you very much. Let's take our Bibles tonight, please. Turn to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6 tonight. And uh, forgive me for the jacket coming off. It is warm up here. Um, Pastor Stansford got my email, and he uh, he said, I tuned into 101.9. Of course, he's in Newfoundland. And he says, I hear it's 30 degrees in Ontario. It's like sweating to the oldies on my radio station. And I guess that's what it is. I'm sweating like crazy up here. But I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. Joshua chapter 6 tonight. We're not going to take a real long time. And uh, it's just 5.30. we got lots of time if we want it. And uh, let, let's do this. Let's do this. Before we start tonight, let's have a time of prayer. Just pray in your car with whoever you're with. But let's, let's do this. Um, our farmers were begging for this rain today we were supposed to get, and it never came. And it doesn't look like it's going to come. It's clear to the west. You can't see that. But I can see it's clear to the west. And uh, the weather patterns, we've been watching the radar all day. The weather kind of came across, and it hit the lake, and it picked up water there and rained over the lake. And so our farmers are just dying for rain. They said it's like the middle of July out in their fields right now. So let's just take some time and let's pray for our farmers. That affects a lot of people in our congregation that are really in desperate need. So let's do that. Let's just take a couple minutes and uh, go ahead and pray with whoever's with you in your car, and then I'll pray, and uh, we'll get right into the Bible tonight. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to gather tonight. And Lord, it's still not what we desire, but we are thankful that we can still preach the Word of God, that we can still sing the hymns of the faith, that we can lift up your name in praise tonight. Uh, Lord, help us to be content with uh, the Word of God. Help it, Lord, to soothe our hearts and help us, uh, Lord, through these trials and these times that things don't always go the way we want them. And Lord, we do want to lift up our farmers before you tonight. Lord, they're in desperate need of rain. And Lord, in just a half hour or so, we'll be done here. And if you would open up the skies, uh, Lord, we would be forever grateful. And Lord, and, and Lord, allow it to really help the, the seeds to germinate and to take hold in the ground. And Lord, provide for them throughout the summer. We know many farmers in our church, uh, Lord, that are hurting right now because of the lack of rain. And so we pray, Lord, that you would just provide for them in that special way. Father, we pray as we turn to the Word of God now that you bless the message, bless your Word. Help us to take some principles from it that we might learn from Jericho tonight. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Joshua chapter 6 tonight, let's look there. The Bible says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. Jericho was afraid of what God was doing in the wilderness, providing for these millions of people day after day with manna and with water. Of course, he had heard about battles against the Amalekites. They had heard about how he parted the Red Sea and how he had parted the water of the River Jordan now 40 years later. And 
they were, they were afraid, and so they shut up their walls. The Bible says in verse 2, And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of Aller. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on, encompass the city, and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass, when Joshua had spoken unto the people, that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord and blew with the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets and the rear reward came after the ark, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people saying, ye shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth till the day I bid you shout, then shall ye shout. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city going about it once, and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. You know the story, so that's as far as we'll read tonight. But I want you to notice in verse 1, it says that Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. There was a great fear that struck them because of the power of God. Her gates were closed and it was sealed. Furthermore, we know that the walled city was impenetrable, humanly speaking. I've been to Jericho and I've seen the excavations there. And they say that around Jericho, what they have excavated, that there was an earthen rampart with about a 15-foot retaining wall at its base. So think about that. It was built up 15 feet of dirt. And then above that, a wall on top that measured at least 25 feet high and six, foot, six feet thick. This was, this was a fortress city. This was not a city that was easy to attack. At the top of the embankment and the top of the wall, uh, they had another 46 feet above ground level total and another 25 feet of towers extending above that watching for the enemy. This has all been excavated. It's incredible how big these walls were. It was in between these walls and using these walls for, for support that people would live, like Rahab. She'd live upon the wall, the second wall, inside the city wall. They would have a gap, almost like a moat, and then a second wall, and people would live upon those walls as a first line of defense, but also as a place to protect themselves high off the ground. It was an incredible, incredible fortress. Now look at verse 20. The Bible says, So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat so that the people, look what it says, went up into the city. Even though the walls were laying flat, they still had to climb that rampart, that dirt uh, foundation that was there. And then over the rubble of the walls, there'd still be several, several feet of rubble that had piled up from these gigantic walls of defense. 
It was an incredible place. And so the God gives to Jericho or to Joshua some instructions. The first thing he tells them is this, simply march. Just march. Doesn't sound like much of a battle, does it? He didn't tell them to go and scout it out. If you and I were military leaders and uh, we were about to take a battle, I think just knowing who I am, I'd want to know everything. I'd want to know the ins and the outs. I'd want to know the weakest points of the wall. I'd, I, I, I kind of, I maybe even out of fear for me and my, and my men, those that were following those soldiers, I would want to make sure they were as safe as possible, even though we're going into a battle. And so I'd say, let's go scout it out. Let's look around at night and let's see where uh, there's some breaches in this wall. Let's look for the easiest place to penetrate. Let's perhaps find a scheme of some sort that we can come up with that we can get through one of the gates. Perhaps we need to launch fire over the walls or whatever strategy we were to come up with. But God said, no, I just want you to march. Get out there and walk around the city. Doesn't sound like much of an offensive force at all. But that's what God said was, let's march. Let's not scout it out. Let's not strategize. God already has a plan. Let's not try to scare the people. They were to be quiet. They were not to utter a word. And so they were just to march. The second thing we see is by way of instructions, I've called it this, they were to mute. They were to be quiet. They weren't to say a word for all those days. You know, sometimes when we're waiting on God, the hardest thing to do is just to keep quiet, isn't it? We beg God and we seek God and we want to know. Sometimes when things aren't moving like we think they ought to be moving, that's when our mouth gets us in the most trouble. We start gossiping and we start talking and second guessing and expressing doubts. And God said to the people of Israel, just be quiet. For six days, you're not going to say a word every time you walk around this city. You're going to march and you're going to mute. On the seventh day, you're going to march around it seven times. I don't know how big the city was. I've been there, but it's hard to imagine what it was like thousands of years ago. But they marched seven times around that city, and the whole time, they were to be dead quiet. No talking. I would imagine by about day three that people would begin to wonder what's going on. What is Joshua thinking? What kind of military strategy is this? But they were not allowed to voice it. They were just to be quiet. And then we see that they were to make noise. Finally, on that seventh time, on the seventh day, they were to make a shout. The Bible says in verse 16, And it came to pass at the seventh time, when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua and the people shouted for the Lord, hath given you the city. Look at verse 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. God was going to do a great work, listen to this, just if they simply obeyed. March, be quiet while you're doing it, and when you get there, let's give them a shout. And God caused those walls to fall. Does that mean the battle was over? No, they had to climb those walls and they had to fight those men. Many would die in the rubble as it fell to the ground and soldiers were upon those walls watching what was going on. But God said, just be obedient. There's a lesson in that for us. God's ways are not our ways. We don't always see the end from the beginning and we wonder how our plans are going to turn out. God says, just put it in my hands. Let me run with my plans. And God has a way of working everything out. The Bible says he works it all together for good for those that are called according to his purpose. So we need to learn how to trust him. So we see 
the instructions, but I want you to also notice in the scripture some expectations. Some expectations. Number one, the people were expected to obey. I wonder, I wonder what would have happened if out of those thousands of soldiers, thousands upon thousands of soldiers that marching around that city, if even one opened his mouth, if even one spoke, even not even if it's negative, if he just started humming a song under his, huh, just humming a song, thinking out loud, I, I know that when I'm out and I, and I begin to, my mind begins to drift, I'll, I'll start singing. I'll start humming. I'll start whistling a song. I start thinking about music. Uh, maybe, maybe somebody just turned to his neighbor and just not thinking said something, but the Bible says God expected obedience. And I wonder if the mission would be successful if the people didn't obey. You know, the Christian life is not really all that difficult if we would just do those two things. Let me just use a word I don't like to use in the pulpit very often. Let's, let's say it this way. If we would just learn to shut up and obey. If we just keep our mouth shut and obey God. Boy, life would be so much easier if we could just follow him in that way. So the expectations, they were expected to obey, but they were expected to endure as well. They had to be faithful. I don't know about you, but I think I'd, I'd get kind of tired of walking. You think it's hot here, go to Israel. And you start walking around that city, especially on that last day, seven times, and your feet are tired, and it's hot, and you're thirsty. But the people had to be faithful. And I think there's a lesson in it for us that God doesn't always bless right now, but he does down the road. We must just keep faithful and enduring and trusting God and getting to the end. There's a great story in the Bible that talks about the Lord Jesus Christ, how he had finished teaching and preaching around the areas of Galilee. I believe it's John chapter 17, verses 1 and 2. And it just says simply that he left there and he went down to Judea. And the Bible says the multitudes followed him and he healed them there. I remember preaching on the passage and illustrating how to go to Judea. They wouldn't go through Samaria. They would cross the Jordan and head south, cross the Jordan again. It would be a couple weeks journey and multitudes of people would follow him and many would become frustrated because they would wonder, is God going to heal us? We're following him because we need a touch from the Lord. And yet the Bible says when they got there and he sat them down, he healed them there. There there was something to be said about faithfulness and endurance. We're reminded of Elisha in the Bible as the Bible says that if he were to be there with Elijah when he was taken up into heaven, that God would bless him and give him a double portion of Elijah's power. Elijah twice, three times tried to uh, dissuade him and said, why don't you wait here? I'm going over to the school of the prophet. And Elisha says, not so, my Lord. And he went along with them three different times. One of those places was right here in Jericho. And Elisha followed him until that whirlwind of fire came and that chariot picked up Elijah and his mantle fell. And because Elisha was faithful to the end, God blessed him in a very special way. And so we see the command for the people to obey and the command for them to be faithful. And they were also expected to show courage. The Bible says that after they shouted, the Bible says in verse 20, they were to go up into the city. God said, I will do 99% of the work, but at some point I need you to show courage. I need you to quit you like men. I need you to fight the battle. You know, I'm thankful for a God that takes care of our needs and supplies for us, fights our battles on our behalf, but I also understand how important it is that when God says step out by faith, that we trust him and we have the courage to act. 
So they were to endure, they were to obey, and they were to show courage. But let me give you some applications from this passage or this message tonight. And here's where I think we can really take some things home. Joshua chapter 6 always reminds me of this. We see a lesson in power. A lesson in power, God's power. Lest we forget for a moment what God is able to do. Turn to Joshua chapter 6. Throughout the entire Bible, we see time and time again that God demonstrates his power. But let me ask you this. When can you think of a time in the Bible where so many witnessed his miracles at once? It was only when Israel was wandering in the wilderness. When the nation of Israel was together, God would provide manna. He'd give them water from a rock. They would defeat the Amalekites as uh, Moses has his hands upheld uh, in the air. Uh, we see battle after battle. We saw God open up the ground and swallow thousands that were sinning against him. And they heard the voice of God at the mount. And the Bible says they stepped back in fear of God. So the people of Israel as a whole have seen God move. But typically God shows his children one at a time his power. He works in your life individually. But the people of Israel learned a great lesson. That even though we no longer have the manna, and we no longer have the water, and we no longer have the cloud or the pillar of fire by night. We no longer have God leading us around a wilderness day by day in his presence right in front of us. We can still know his power because God is faithful and God is real. It's a great lesson in God's power. And friends, you may not see a cloud and you may not see fire, but, let, but just know this, God's power is real and he can help you and strengthen you in the time of need. It was a lesson in power, but it was a lesson in preparedness. A lesson in preparedness. Think about this. After fighting the battle of Jericho, Israel was about ready for any battle after that. God had used this time to show them that he was going to take care of them. There was a lot more battles to come. And there was times they would lose battles because of sin. But we know that they learned the lesson that day that if we just obey God and we just are prepared in our hearts and we sanctify ourselves and, and we're ready for battle, God can do great miracles. So they learned a lesson in preparedness that God, uh, listen, you can learn from the past. The God of the Bible, the things that we see in the word of God, God can do for you today. We just have to learn to trust him. You know, somebody said this, you can't stand on the promises if you don't know what they are. So you need to be into the word of God and the God of yesterday is the God of today and we can trust him, be prepared. But it was also a lesson in patience. Some of those soldiers were getting impatient, no doubt. A soldier's not meant to march seven times around a city. He's meant to fight. The Bible said there were men that were armed and they were before the ark. There was others with shields and swords behind and others that had come equipped in some way but prepared to fight. And it must have driven them crazy day after day to wait upon the Lord. But we need to learn how to wait on the Lord. We need to have a lesson in patience every once in a while. The Bible says that comes through the trying of our faith. And trials will go, help us to grow and help us to be patient. But we also see a fourth lesson here, a lesson in provision. Notice verse 17. And the city shall be accursed, even it and all they that are in them to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all that are within her house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. 
You'll remember the story before we get to Joshua chapter 6, that Joshua sent messengers into the city and Rahab hid them upon the rooftop of her house. God provided. Even when they were just scouting it out and now that they're fighting this battle and they're marching around the city, they learn that even though they have come out of the wilderness and into this new place, God would still provide. Let me ask you, have you ever stepped out in faith like that and just saying, God, trust me, I trust you. God, I believe you're going to provide for my needs. Well, it's a God of power that takes care of us, and we must learn patience to trust him and know that he will provide for our every need. So we have some instructions, we have some expectations, but we have, most importantly, we have some applications. What can we learn from the story that God is able? He does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. We just need to learn how to trust him. I just ask you for a moment to bow your heads right where you are, and let me ask you, I know for the last year, a lot of you have had a hard time. Perhaps you're feeling discouraged at times, wondering, is it ever going to end? Let me just remind you tonight that God has a plan for your life. And right now, we're just marching in circles, aren't we? This feels like we're going round and round and round and round. God has a plan. God is able. The same God that did all those miracles in the wilderness can still do them today. He's omnipotent, omniscient. He's everywhere. We just need to trust him, be patient, and wait on the hand of God. Because let me tell you this, when God decides to work, it'll be far better than anything we can do in our flesh. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you and praise you tonight for your many blessings. Father, help us, Lord. Lord, just to be patient and to wait on you. God, I pray that you would encourage our hearts. Thank you for the opportunity tonight to sing and open up your word for a few minutes. We pray that it might be a help and a blessing to folks. And Lord, we'll thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.